All right, guys, before we begin this particular episode, I would like to say this. The views and opinions of this particular podcast episode may offend you. That's not our goal. That was not me and Pastor Xavier's goal to offend people. However, if topics about race or racism in America, if that tends to to lead you more on the offensive end of things, this might not be the podcast episode for you. So I want to let you know that first. But second, I also want to let you know this podcast episode does not end in a nice little bow. I know a lot of times for Christian movies and Christian films, there's an issue, there's a problem. But at the end of it, there's Jesus, there's this whole solution. Everyone's hallelujah, we're in church and we're praising. This is not this particular episode, okay? This particular episode is just going to be more for the listeners to weep with those that are weeping, to lament with those that are lamenting, that are, you know, to mourn with those that are mourning at this particular time. Um, and also um, for you to just, just to listen, man. That's all it is for you to listen at this particular time. And also this is to validate those fe- people's feelings that are mourning during this particular moment in time when it comes to the Ahmaud Arbery case. Now, next week, we'll be talking about solutions. We will be hopefully um, attempting to minister to those people that that have more empathy for, you know, maybe the Ahmaud Arbery, the people that shot Ahmaud Arbery, than actually um, the family of Ahmaud Arbery at this time. We'll be ministering to, as we like to say, both sides of the situation. Um, and how can we help? How can we minister uh, to people? And that will be for next week. Um, but this particular episode, please just if, if um, listen to this one, hear our hearts in here. And I really hope that you will have more empathy for um, the black community and for people at large that are um, impacted by cases like this. So thank you guys so much and hope you enjoy the episode. Excellent, excellent. Welcome to another installment of the Weird Pastors Kid podcast. I am your humble, gracious, and highly favorite host, Shelton Williams. I am here today with one of my favorite guests here on the podcast. This is not his first time on this particular podcast. Um, I think this is his first time on the podcast as Pastor Xavier Small. I want you guys to Put, you know, put your hands together silently in your cars, in the gym, wherever you are, and I want you to go ahead and clap for my man, Pastor Xavier Small. Say what's up to the people, Xavier. What's going on? What's going on, y'all? Thank you, Shelton, for having me on, man. It's always a pleasure to, to be on your podcast, man. So uh, I, re- I really appreciate the opportunity. No problem. No problem, man. And um, And I guess so much has kind of happened in the world, right? So much right now. We have coronavirus going on that people are like going like our lives are being changed um because of this situation and um because of the coronavirus i think everybody's life has been like it's a global pandemic so everyone's everyone's life in the entire world has been impacted or affected by this right so and i um and last week um you know me my brother kaylin my wife, um, Jaquel, we talked about the coronavirus last week. We talked about some ways to, to help you, maybe encourage you as you're going through that. And if you haven't listened to that particular episode, you can always go back and listen to it. Um, but today, I think because of the coronavirus, there was a case that kind of got overlooked. It kind of wasn't um, to the forefront until recently. Um, and it's a case to where I believe, Every one of us has a way to um, – this case kind of 
it's like a mirror because it reveals a lot of different things that are going on in, in a lot of people's hearts and a lot of people's minds. And um, and so today I want to really talk about talk with um, with Pastor Xavier here to really share um, you know how we felt when we heard about the um, Ahmad Arbery killing. Um, you know we can you know really murder that happened in Georgia and really talk about it. Um, you know, f- to share our perspective. Everyone's having a perspective. I want to share my, you know, our perspective here on the Weird Pastor Kid podcast. And I really want to, um, I wonder, want you, Xavier, to share with the audience where you were, what you were doing when you heard about this situation. Um, you know, maybe you had a lot going on right now, pastoring a church of, of people that already we're dealing probably with so much, you know, with the coronavirus situation. So you're so you're probably out ministering, and as you're ministering to people, or as you are um, trying to deal with, you know, quarantining and and isolating and trying to social distance, you are hearing this story that comes up. So I really want you to share the listeners with where you were, and kind of how you felt when you know the news broke out about this particular situation. Um, sure. Um... You know the the initial response, which which has kind of been the same initial response over the past few years, um, has been rage. You know, it's immediate, uh, it's immediate anger. Um, um, I was home and I was on Twitter when I first saw it break out for the first time, and uh, like you said, it got really overshadowed by a lot of the COVID nineteen stuff, and so it, you know it really got overlooked really badly. Uh, but it came it came way back out to light, you know, and. Um, I think, you know, it always makes it worse when you see the video. The video comes up after yeah. that, and you, you watch it. And I must have watched that video like 30 times, Obi. I had to, just on repeat, just trying to make some sense of it, you know. And it, it was just, it was it was weird. It was just weird. And I was, I was, I was upset, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, you along, you know, you and I have been fighting along, you know, in the same, the same battle with all this stuff for a while now. You know, and it takes me back to 2016 when a lot of that stuff was going on. I mean, like, it was all, that's all that was in the news where every, seemed like every day another, uh, another black man or woman was killed and somebody else was getting off for it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, but to be honest with you, I think what the feelings for me this time weren't so much, because one thing that I have, that I will say is that I, I shifted from a position of just being angry to who I'm angry at. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the difference between now and 2020 and, you know, a lot of the stuff that, of course, there's been more cases between 2016 and now, but 2016 was like the hotbed for a lot of that stuff. And, uh, and the, the difference now is just that it's, it's the church, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's where a lot of my hurt comes from. And as I combed my, as I, it's like Facebook and Twitter are so different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, on, cause I, 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 Twitter, I mean, it's everywhere. You know what I'm saying? It yeah. Is, you know, this calling, and I mean, Twitter is so powerful. It's such a powerful entity, and they're calling for, you know, for Georgia to recognize what's going on, and they're calling on political leaders and social leaders and all that other stuff to get a hold of these things. And uh, it's just crazy over there. And information, you know, Twitter is better than the news. It's so much faster. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And uh, stuff like that. But then on Facebook, bro, it's dead silent. It's yeah. dead silent. I have 2,933 friends. I checked today before the podcast. And 
I only saw like four cases on there from my Facebook friends, and they were all from black people. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I'm just kind of like, where's where's the church at? You know what I'm saying? Like, where's the church at with all these things? Like, how how often is this going to go on? You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times, like, it shifted, of course. Like, I didn't want my feelings for the church to overshadow the, the innocent death of, of a man. You know what I'm saying? But it just, yeah. it was, an, it's just a, t- this time, before with all that other stuff, the church was really, you know, a lot, of, it was vocal. This time it was just silence, bro. Like, no one's just saying anything. I think what people don't understand is the silence is actually louder than you think it is. Yeah. I think um, so many of us, um, and I'm going to be, I'm going to just be honest. So let's just play, let's just put it out here. As a black man who's grown up or who's been around, um, you know, in white spaces, who's, who's been um, around white spaces a lot, um, I don't under, I don't think that my white brothers and sisters in Christ understand how much we need your voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens a lot of times is um, we feel as if, and I'm not just to say we, I'll just speak for me. I feel as if I I'm always there for many of you. Um, many of my white brothers and sisters, you know, I've, I've stood alongside of you standing up against so many um, particular things, so many things that are happening, you know, um, in the communities, you know, and but it just seems as if when it comes to a situation that happens to, uh, to black people in this country, um, many of my white brothers and sisters are silent. Um, mm-hmm. And... That's kind of what, and now I understand that some of us um, don't really know what to say, and that's why some of you guys are silent, Um, and I get that, but I think that what we need is for some of you guys to take a stand, and um, I know that there might be backlash from it, from from some of you. I know that some of you um, may may not really fully get it or grasp why these situations um, hurt, um, you know, uh, the black community so much, and I get that. But we can hear so much. Like we, your silence is deafening, and you may not think that that it is, or you may not think that it matters. But in these particular cases, um, we would love for you to weep alongside those that weep, to mourn alongside of people that mourn. And um, it's something that we would love to see more of. Um, and I will, I will definitely, as we go through this, really kind of share a little bit more. But like you said, when I first heard about this situation, um, there was a lot of rage, right? There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of frustration. Um, there was a lot of... Um, me feeling as if I'm gonna be completely honest. It's me feeling as if the system. I'm gonna say this, and I know it sounds crazy to say it, but it feels like the system is out to get us because, um, and we're gonna probably talk about this a little bit more. But the only reason why the people that killed Ahmad Arbery were arrested is not because the system saw the video, but because we saw the video, because the public saw the video. Yeah. Now, what gets me upset is it seems as if that there was like a an attempt to um, put this under the rug, to to make sure these people were okay because here here's someone that's that was a part of their fraternity 
that's a part of their system that's like, hey, man, we got to – it seems as if it's like, man, we've got to protect these guys. You know, it's self-defense. It's all these different things that, that you know, that they initially no, – no one wanted to touch it. No DA wanted to really deal with it. And so you feel as if, like, man, why, do, why does – now, we can sit back and say all day long, all lives matter. We can say that. But why doesn't the American government, why, do, why, why does the uh, criminal justice system not truly believe that all life matters? Why doesn't some of these other institutions truly show it that every life matters? Because this is the reason why so many people were screaming in 2015, screaming in 2016, Black Lives Matter, because for so many of us, it felt as if our life did it. Right. And, um, and so, yeah, th these particular things kind of really kind of resonated with me when I, first, when I first heard the news. But I'm going to be honest, I could, not, I could not get myself to watch the video. Um, okay. And so you're going to probably have to kind of walk me through a little bit of that because I just can't see another murder on uh, on a screen. I just can't see it again personally. Maybe eventually I'll, I'll, I'll get to the, that point of, okay, okay, I think I'm emotionally ready to watch this. Um, but honestly, I wasn't really able to see it. So from what, I'm, what, pe what I've read, the articles I've read, it just seems as if, you know, what I've been told, so tell me, Xavier, where I'm kind of missing it at, is what I've been told is, you know, this guy, he was jogging, jogging, you know, and um, apparently these people were watching him because they believed that he was, um, uh, you know, uh, being, uh, I guess, a burglar or he was breaking into people's homes. They believed that he was a suspect that was doing that. And so they wanted to do a citizen's arrest, uh, people that, you know, had a concealed carry. They wanted to play cop. Essentially, they wanted to watch it, and um, I guess they had told him to stop or something. We were telling him to stop, and like kind of had the not, not really the gun pointed at him, but kind of was t trying to tell him to stop. And apparently, you know, there was some altercation that happened. Like he, I guess he didn't, he didn't. I, I heard some people say he didn't follow directions from, like he didn't listen to them, like as if they were some kind of authority. And he was, I guess, trying to defend himself in some sort. And the and apparently you know the gun as they were wrestling with it I don't know if they were fighting or something he ends up shooting um, Ahmad Arbery is what I'm being told so this is they were trying to play cop a little bit thinking that he was a suspect and they w came to him and apparently this situation happened right where he was probably trying to defend himself and but the other person had a gun and shot him and killed him right this is kind of what people have been kind of piecing together for me. I, like I said, I have not watched the video, but can you kind of piece some of those the, the, where I'm missing at um, and kind of explain to the people what exactly was going on? Yeah, so the, like the video picks up with, um, with somebody in a car following him, mm. um, and there's a, there's a white pickup truck that is already parked a little bit ahead down the, down the road, you know what I'm saying? Like the video picks up and the guy's jogging. He's jogging around a bend. You know, Mr. Assad is driving about, you know, he's a, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to just think through, I'm butchering his name, I'm so, my apologies. You know, but he's running around, he's running around the bend, um, and he, uh, there's a car that, that's following him, 
And so, you know, they already, you know, whoever that is in the car had to already know something was going to happen, you know? Um, yeah. Um, and so he does that. So there's a truck already waiting for him. And there's two guys, um, uh, there's two guys waiting up in, in that pickup truck. And one, one was, you know, one had been driving uh, and, 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 uh, you know, uh, Ahmed Aubrey was, was, was running and he ran around the truck. Right, so there's a guy in the bed. He runs around the truck. Um, there's a guy on the other side of the road. So you have the the truck on the right side of the road and the guy standing on the left side of the road, almost like a like a barricade kind of thing, you know, huh. to where you yeah. would have to like you know run through. You'd have to run in the middle, but he doesn't. He runs around the side, and I'm not sure the video doesn't doesn't show doesn't tell you, but something happened when and he ran around the side of the truck, and then he like charged at the guy. Right, he like mm. charged at the guy that that wasn't in the back of the truck. He was on the he was on the side of the road, the the one with the shotgun. So the guy, so the guy, uh, so the guy hops out of the truck, and in the back, and he's wrestling with the with the younger guy with the, with the son, and and uh and you know it looks he has the the shotgun kind of pointed at his stomach, and um it, you can you hear it go off the first time, you know. Hmm. And and after and after it goes off the the first time, you know he, you know he's kind of still kind of holding on to a little bit, and you can already see the blood like in the shirt, and then you see him, you know, pull the trigger again, and that's when he stumbles and he falls on the ground and he doesn't get back up, you know. So wow. like, what's what, what's difficult about the video is like we don't know like what happened before, you know. What yeah. I mean? We know that. Obviously, he was, you know, you can tell from the video that he was initially trying to ignore them. You know what I'm saying? The fact that he, the car, the people, in the, the, whoever was in the car was following him, and then the people were already waiting for him, and he ran around, he tried to run around the truck, and then something happened when he ran around the truck, and then that's when the altercation happened. You know what I'm saying? So you can't really hear someone saying, no, don't do it, or no, stop. You can't really hear a whole lot of, a whole lot going on with it, but... But that's what you see, and you see him running, and then something is—I don't know—something is said to him, or he figured, you know, I've got to do something now and and try to, you know, get away or whatever. But you know, it's fight or fight or flight, you know. And yeah. either way, either way, uh, and either way, and uh, a uh, an altercation broke out, and you know, Ahmed Aubrey was shot. So, if I'm hearing you right. Um, Ahmad Arbery should still be breathing right now, right? Um, we have a situation where people are playing police officer, right? And and yeah. I don't know about for you, but does this kind of have similar feelings of Trayvon Martin to you? Does this kind of have a feeling of someone trying to play cop who probably shouldn't be trying to play cop, like? If they would have just left this 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 man alone, he would still be alive right now, right? And I feel how are you feeling right now when it comes to like because okay, I, I saw a post and this really was originally on Twitter, but this is kind of what um what um this post said and it kind of it goes with what we're talking about right now. It says black people are so tired. We can't go jogging, we can't relax in the comfort of our own home, we can't ask for help after being in a car crash, we can't I have a cell that. phone. We can't leave a party. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't do nothing. Like, if you go through all of this, bro, like, 
We can't leave a party, get to safety. We can't play loud music. We can't sell CDs. We can't sleep. We can't walk from the corner store. We can't play cops and robbers. We can't go to church. We can't walk home with Skittles. We can't hold a hairbrush yeah. while leaving our own bachelor party. We can't party on New Year's, New, on New Year's Eve. We can't get a normal traffic ticket. We can't normally yeah. carry a weapon. I mean, we can't lawfully yeah. carry a weapon. Like, you go through all this, like, black people are just tired, right? Right. And I was talking to someone, and uh, I was actually talking to uh, my brother-in-law, who's a, who's a police officer, who's a cop. And he was telling me that a lot, he was talking to me, he said, man, a lot of conservatives, right, and a lot of police officers, you know, when they talk, they deal with black and white. Like things are, you know, this is black and white, like did he do X, Y, and Z? And what he was explaining, what he was like, man, um, a lot of times people don't understand that there's, there's, um, there's emotions and there's other things that, that are involved. Like you can't just see things as just black and white. You have to think about, okay, why did this happen? Why does this person yeah. feel this way, X, Y, and Z? And so, like, a lot of times people don't, like, okay, people sit back and say try to make everything this isolated situation, but you have to understand the, that black people in general have a history of feeling, of, of not just feeling, but history of, of seeing um, people that look like them get killed for the simplest things, the smallest things, the, 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 the littlest things. And for some reason, you know, conservatives and, and a lot of, not just conservatives, but a lot of people in general want to sit back and, and try to sit things in black and white like, man, I mean, they shouldn't, I mean, you know, trying to find a way to say that Ahmaud Aubrey, you know, caused his own death, right? Trying to figure out a way to make it justify him, him being killed. Or justify, and it's always this justification that happens. So, what is it? How do you feel hearing some of the people trying to excuse the people that ended up um, killing him? To be to, to to say nothing else. I mean, how how do you feel when you hear comments like that that are kind of justifying the situation? I remember a time when I was in a I was driving home one day, and uh, there was a car that was being real. Um, erratic and it was you know they were being real dangerous you know and so I was like all right this is this person is gonna uh is gonna hurt somebody they already tried to like you know road rage us and stuff like that so we called the police you know say hey yeah. this is what's going on and the first thing that they told us was do not follow him mm. do not follow him give us a description of the car and tell us where they were going but do not follow the car let the, let the car go we'll take yeah. care of it and you know like you think about this, like, I'm not sure why citizens' arrests exist. Because if my neighbor comes out of my house and tries to detain me, there's going to be a problem. Yeah. You are, you are not a law enforcement officer. Do not touch me. Do yeah. not. You know what I'm saying? You don't have that. You don't have that right to, to do that. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, I'm just thinking, like, there are so many different ways they could have gone on about that. You see somebody suspicious, like, this, this is the thing. I don't care what it is that he did him being executed in the street was not the right answer. Exactly. 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 I saw some, vi I saw some pictures that came out later about him and some like, it was him and like some, you know, walking around some construction site or whatever. By the way, let me say something about that picture. Yeah. I probably should be arrested 10 times over if that's what people are getting shot for. Because I know that yeah. especially like as a kid and stuff like that, we was always walking through, you know, 
you know, you know, you know, those different type of areas and, you know, and just being curious, seeing what's going on. What you going, what am I going to steal it in a, in a, in a, from a frame, some wood, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. It, 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 even so like him being killed over that was the wrong response. If, if somebody, and if somebody is doing something that they're not supposed to, then of course you call the police, you know what I'm saying? You let them handle it. That's already scary in and of itself. I feel like it was lose, lose for him, but I digress, you know? Yeah. And and but you call you call an official you know what i'm saying you don't you know, it, worst case you could be like i saw him heading down this way you know what i'm saying this is what happened yeah. but you don't you don't take matters into your own hands and the fact that i mean i'm sitting on twitter right in front of right in front of me right now like as i'm talking to you and i'm just looking at some of the tweets about it and there are people who are justifying his death yeah like tell me yeah. what, tell me what he did that would justify death. You know what happens? I have a, I had, a, I used to have a dog, and my dog was a was kind of skittish. Now she never did anything to us, but my dog, her first re, her first response, if she doesn't like the situation she's in, she's gonna run away. Yeah. But if I back my dog into a corner, guess what she's gonna do? Oh yeah, she she's gonna, gonna fight. Attack, she's gonna attack me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. She's, she's 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 gonna attack me. And so when I watched the video. You have, the, you have the truck that's parked on the right-hand side. Yeah, old boy who's on the left-hand side. And they're blocking the street, so to speak, to where he would have to run right in, right in between them. And when he runs around, something happens that automatically triggers an altercation. And next thing you know, he's wrestling over a gun. That's what's happening. If you watch the video, he's wrestling for the gun. And that's when he gets shot. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And so, like, no way that I try to flip this. Like, you try to, you try to make sense of it. You know what I'm saying? No way that I flip it makes it okay. No way that, yeah. that I flip it makes it okay. And this is and what and uh, you said something a little bit before, and you know I hope we can, I hope this didn't get too far off base, but I, I want to let you finish. But it's like when we think about this happening, like I have not just defended black people over stuff like this. Mm. I remember the video. I remember the video. You have you did you see? The, you, I don't know if you saw it or not because you just made that statement about watching videos. But I saw a video of a man who was in his house, and somebody called over. Like, I don't know if like a noise complaint or something. And he's in the hallway, and they tell him and his wife, get down, get down, get down. Right? You got to be and, kidding me. Yeah, yeah, get down. So him and, him and his wife are on the floor in the hallway. They're like, and they're saying so many different commands. Someone saying, lay on the floor. Someone saying, get up on your feet. Someone saying, put your hands in the air. Someone saying, put your hands Bruh. in the air. Someone says, if you move, I'll shoot you. If you do this, I'll shoot you. You know what I'm saying? And he's literally like begging and pleading for his life. You know what I'm saying? He's begging and pleading for his life. And he's walking, he's letting them know, like, hey, my pants are falling down, all this other stuff. He's, on, he's trying to, you know what I'm saying? There's so many commands going on. And next thing you know, they unload, like, you know, they just, they just unload and they kill the man in the hallway, like, right in front of his wife. That was a white wow. man. You know what I'm saying? And, like, so it's not, like, this, here's the thing. It's like when stuff like, that, when stuff like that happens to people of other races, it's not like, oh, my gosh, they deserve it. Because finally a white guy got it instead of a black guy. No, guy-. that's not it's ever. Not I thought. Like no, no, right, no. Right. It's, it's it's the it's the notion of like this should be this shouldn't be happening to anybody. It exactly. just so happens though. It just so happens though that we get you know it seems like we're getting picked off. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Like, you go to there and it's like you, this finally goes to a point where the GBI finally makes an arrest on these two guys and it's like bro like I'm glad they got arrested but it's like it shouldn't have taken thousands upon thousands of retweets petitions writings to the office. You know, and, you know, they're basically trying to quell, you know, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if they get off. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't be shocked if they get off because that's the trend. 
that's the trend. And as you were re- talking about that list, like I got that list like right here, right in front of me, the same one that you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they got mad people on there. You know, Atiana Jefferson, Jonathan Farrell, Stephon Clark, Jordan Edwards, Jordan Davis, Alton Sterling, Ayanna Jones, Mike Brown, Tamir Rice, Charles, the Charleston Nine, you know, Trayvon Martin, Sean Bell, Oscar Grant, Sandra Bland, Philando Castile, Corey Jones, John yep. Crawford, Terrence Crutcher, Keith Scott. I mean, can I keep going? Clifford yeah. Glover. Claude Reese, Randy Evans, Yvonne Smallwood, you know, you know what I'm saying, Walter Scott, Eric Garner, Freddie Gray, like this, you know, like, it's like, and this is what's happening. What, what people are saying, like, oh, stuff like this happens all the time, and it's like, number one, that should not be the way that you respond to that. Number two, people just not realizing that this was going on for so long, and now we got cameras and videos, and, you know what I'm saying, they can't do this in safety anymore. It can't be, it's not covert anymore, so now it's being brought to the light, and now people, and I saw somebody on Facebook this week that was like, oh, you know, all your, you know, if all you looked on your feet and all that is is negative, then you got some self-evaluation to do. It's like maybe then y'all should step up and, you know, and, and, and help, you know, bridge the gap, you know what I'm yeah. saying, about what's going on. But someone said this to me this week, and this is what people got to fear is going to happen, especially in the church, where somebody was like, you're going to get, we're going to get to the point, black people are going to get to the point where they stop depending on white people to back them up. Yeah, and when that and when that happens, that's gonna there's gonna be a way bigger problem. You know what I'm saying? Because like as like like you said, like we you expect from you know to stand up and say, hey, this isn't right. And this is what this will make me even more mad. People will go back and say stuff like, oh, Martin Luther King did this stuff peacefully and he did it right. You know, blah, de, blah, de, blah. And I'm like, did you not do you not know how that went down? Yeah. When they walked when they walked across that bridge, you not know how that went down. You know what I'm saying? There was nothing peaceful about any of that. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's like, it's, it's, you know, it's people want to appease their conscience. And they're going to do whatever they can do to, to not feel guilty or feel responsible. You know what I'm saying? And it's just kind of mm-hmm. like, and they'll, they'll go back and they'll throw the statistics in your face. Well, white people, this happens to white people, da 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 And it's like, so you're telling me that nobody should say anything about anything. Because just because you don't want to defend, you know, white people when brutality happens to them, you expect us to be like, well, we didn't say anything when it happens to us. Y'all shouldn't say anything either. So basically, you know what I'm saying? This, like, this is not a win. Nobody wins in this. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Nobody, nobody wins in this. Cause, because, you know, and right now I'm working on my, uh, my master's in clinical mental health, and we had a, a, a position right there when we were talking about, uh, uh, we were talking about um, the white community and how they handle and how they handle social issues. And, you know, a lot of times it comes to a place where people start to, their initial response is to defend themselves because nobody wants to be depicted in a, in a certain way. And it's like, it's, it's not necessarily about the way that you're, that you're, you know, the way that you're, you're painted, the picture that's painted of you, but it's more so just about the way that you handle the issues that go around that go around you, you know what I'm saying? I saw somebody this week that was talking about, like, everybody wants to perpetuate black culture until it's time to actually stand up and stand by it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then when that happens, there's nobody to be found. You want to do our dances in the TikTok videos. You want to, you, you know, girls are out here getting tans to be, you know, for their skin to be dark and puff up their lips like Kylie Jenner. And, you know what I'm saying? They, everybody wants to have black features, you know what I'm saying? And, yep. And, you see cultural appropriation going on all the time, and people want to, you know, do those things. You don't want to wear braids or cornrows or whatever. It's like if you're going to do that, don't just take, like, the good parts of us and then leave the bad, leave, leave the parts that are perceived, quote, unquote, as bad away. 
like you can watch, you can see where something has happened. You can gather all the facts and see. And I have, and there's been people that I have seen defend these different issues, see that it, that they were actually wrong, and that the people were prosecuted for it, and still not, you know, apologize. Or you know, there's people that still got me blocked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, back from, yeah, yeah. Back from 2016. You know, I'm just kind of like, you know, when do when do we get to a place? When do we get to a place where we, where you realize that this is a, that this is an issue? And I'll say this before, and I'll say it again: slavery has never been ended; it was just modified. Hey, y'all need to you know watch. You go go on Netflix because what he just said, y'all. Some of y'all gonna be like, "Man, look, man, Xavier, you tripping?" Go on Netflix. What's it called? The Thirteenth. Uh, oh man, come on, man. I should know this, man. Uh, I think it's called the Thirteenth. It's on Netflix. It's it's um a really good docu uh, really good document uh, document documentary sorry i can't even say the word yeah. that's that's really talking about like um pretty much how slavery didn't never really end ended right and it really talks about that stuff i think it's called the 13th on netflix i'm right here in front of me so i can do it right now but i really um yes it's called the 13th go on netflix watch it let's really watch that document documentary uh ava duvernay um handled it she did an awesome job kind of explaining it um and you'll be you'll be able to see um, you really will be able to see how really none of this stuff really ever really changed. You just got a new name to it, got got modified, you know. Um, but man, that's what you just said is so good. I don't know if you saw um, uh, Lecrae's post on Twitter, right? Um, he posted a thing on Twitter, and he and all he said was, "God be with the family of Ahmad Arbery," right? That's literally right. all he said. Somebody on 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 uh, Twitter, their name is Truth Seeker. Okay, Truth Seeking two four seven. Okay, on Twitter, he replies back to Lecrae and he says, "Once again, Lecrae is pushing a lying liberal agenda. The dude ran at them. I'm sure there's more to the story. Stop pushing lying racist narratives. You wonder why you've lost a ton of supporters with your music. So." <laughs> Here, this this is what I'm trying to I'm trying to understand. Okay, I, I want you to this Lecrae saying God be with the family of Ahmad Arbery. How in the world does him saying that? And the response doesn't seem to add up. Once again, Lecrae, you're pushing a lying liberal agenda. It's like wait a minute. All he said was God be with the family, but yet here's this guy. He is projecting, right? A, a guy who's projecting certain things, saying, "Man, you pushing this liberal agenda, all this stuff." And this is the thing: is that okay? Look, and this is this, and but but I gotta be honest. This is where my white brothers and sisters are nervous because let me let me let me break this down because this is where God really had to work on my heart. We have my our white brothers and sisters who maybe they feel the same way like True Seeker. And they want to voice their opinion because we just said, we just a few minutes ago, we talked about how their silence was deafening. But the reason why their right. silence is deafening is because maybe some of them feel like true, true seeker here that I'm talking about. they like, man, this is how I feel, but if I say this online, I don't want to have to deal with the backlash from it, right? Yes. So you have the reason why some people are silent is because of this. So there needs to be something where we talk about, okay, where, how can we discuss this type of thing and say, okay, the reason why we want to hear from you, my white brother said, trust me, we want to hear from you. But the problem that I have with True Seeker here is there's no empathy here. The yeah. reason I have a problem with, with no empathy, 
about the death of someone, there's a problem there. And then number two, um, the problem that I have is this guy is projecting something that, that is technically what he's doing is more divisive than what Lecrae is, is even intending to do. Him saying be with the family of Ahmaud Arbery is there's nothing you can say that can justify truth seekers you know, putting on, projecting this whole thing about a liberal agenda, telling him to stop pushing a lying racist, lying racist narrative, like things like that. This stuff should not be um, coming out. So if you want to sit back and say, I, I want to speak, but I feel like truth seekers, like this is how I feel right now, and this is how you want to come out, I, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to give you some game here. One, don't tweet it. <laughs> One, don't post it. Don't post this t type of emotion because it has no empathy. That's what I want you to understand. But number two, if you really feel like that, you need to um, you need to have you need to pray and ask God for empathy. Pray and ask God to help you understand why people are mourning. Ask God to help you understand why this situation impacts people the way that it that it has. And I used to be the person that used to say, "Hey." You can reach out to me. I'm not that guy anymore, and I'm going to be honest with you, and I, and I, I don't want to be mean or anything like that, but I'm tired of being the black guy that you only talk to me when there's issues like this that come on, all right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I'm just not that guy. Emotionally, I cannot ha handle another person telling me that they want to have, I want to take you out for coffee, Shelton, and talk about, no, I, I just, I, I'm emotionally spent. I've done that already. Okay, I've done that. I've talked about it. But what I want to to be honest with you guys is this is not the correct response to be attacking someone just for saying they want to pray for a family. That's not the right way to handle it, right? So um, what I would like to say is what, what can you say to not just white brothers and sisters because, listen, I'm going to be honest. There's some black brothers and sisters in Christ. Who I mean I, I I did not watch the video, but there's a guy on YouTube that wants to a black guy on YouTube that wants to justify the murder, justify the killing, and a lot of and I'm going to be honest the the you, the way to get very popular in conservatism is be a black guy who is going to spit uh, uh, rhetoric that white people wish they can say, um, and so if you. So if I'm just going to be honest, there, there are black people like that, right? So what do you say to black people, white people who, when they hear things like this, there's no empathy? They just want to – what do you want to say to those people? Because like I said, it's not just white people. It's, it's, it's a lot of ethnicities that want to – their first response is always, well, what about black-on-black -black crime? Well, what about – you know, what do you say to those type of people who th that is their response when they hear a story like that. Um, I like you've been using a word tonight uh, that I absolutely love because in mental health, it's a word that we're that we are taught to uh, to not only just use but internalize and and use it as the crux of our of, of our therapy and counseling sessions, and that's the word empathy. Mm. Uh, the word empathy and the word sympathy are not the same thing. Right. You can say. You can say, um, Xavier, you know, um, I, broke my, I, I broke my toe on my doorstep. You know what I'm saying? And I can be like, oh, Shelton, you know, that stinks. I'm so sorry, man. I'm sorry that happened to you. All right? Or I can say, bro, I feel your pain. Like, yeah. 
yeah. that, that didn't that didn't happen to me, but I can understand how that could cause you so much hurt, and I'm so sorry that you went through that. Like, if you if you like both sides of the, on a in a perfect environment, both sides of this issue need empathy. Yeah. Right? Those, yeah. those, those people are not going to want to hear this, but this is how you, this is how you honestly and appeal to both sides. Like this is not just me as a pastor speaker, but this is me as a, as a counselor in training speaking. Like those two white guys that kill that black guy and the family of the black man that is now dead, both of those sides need empathy right now. Yeah. Because if you, if you think about this, both, uh, you know, Ahmad Aubrey, his, his, his life is over. He's done. And his, and his family is now broken over this. These two guys, no matter which way they flip it, their lives are done. Yeah. They're either going to go to jail for first, for first degree or premeditated murder, or they're going to get off, and everywhere they go, they are going to be confronted by people who feel they should have gone, they should have gotten punished with, you know, instead of getting off. Like, nobody right. is safe. When you go back to 2016, the officers who killed, you know, Philando Castillo's family is devastated because of that, you know. He had family in the car with him when that happened. It was a terrible thing. And then you also have the police officer who's now his career is over. Yeah. Like both sides of these people, both sides of these people need empathy to say like, you know, this is awful. Like this is an awful situation. Like in a perfect environment, we should not be picking sides, but just be saying, well, we just hope justice is served. Yeah. And I, and I think that's what most of us want to do when we, when we bring these things to light. It's like, hey, this happened, and it happens to us a lot. Can somebody please do something? Yeah. Can y'all can y'all please tighten up on your police force because they are being real reckless right now? Please, and, and no one's calling for things that are unreasonable. People are asking yeah. like, "Hey, put put people through, put your police force through better training. Do a psyche valve to make sure they have the the mental capacity to deal with something like this for when it comes up. Make sure that you that they are you know that they make they know the proper protocol for how to handle for how to handle this thing. Make sure you know what I'm saying. There's a way you know, and of course, nothing is foolproof, but you wanna you wanna get people to be as bla- as as blameless as possible, and 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 that's and that's what you want. You know what I'm saying? I put a tweet up on Twitter in the same light. That said, I'm going to have to have some really hard conversations with my kids. And one of those things, one of those things that I said is I said, don't be a hero. You know, if you get pulled over and you're being treated unfairly, you comply and we'll deal with it later. You know what I'm saying? I don't need you ending up yeah. on a T-shirt. On the yeah. other side of it, people want to, on the other side of it, you know, we have people, I saw videos where people are like, yo, I would never do that. Well, they were like, you know, you know, I know my rights. I know all this other stuff and da 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 And I'm like, you know what? You're absolutely correct, and they are violating your, life, your rights. But is doing that worth your life? Because people are getting killed on camera. Yeah. Oh, oh boy, this past week just got, uh, he was, you know, you, you know what, what, uh, that was also, you know, I'm not sure what he did, but he was obviously ducking the cops or whatever. But he yeah. had his live out. He had his live out, you know what I'm saying? And he was on Instagram Live, and he's running from the cops on Instagram Live. Bow, got shot on Instagram Live. Someone said it's gonna be a that's gonna be a a, a, a closed casket, homie. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you know, people people are getting shot on camera. They do not care if someone is yeah. gonna end your life. They're gonna end your life, and they're gonna take the risk that they're gonna get off for it. Yep. For that reason, you don't need to be acting brave. You get down on the ground. They tell you to. They might search you improperly. Then you let them do it. But you know, it's not. It, you have to assess like whether or not it's worth your life. You see what I'm saying? So at yeah. the same time, I'm not saying. You know what I'm saying? At this point, I, I feel for Ahmed. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't know how he could have escaped the situation. It is, it is, obviously, it starts off with him trying to flee. He's running away. He's literally jogging, and the car is tailing him. He runs around, you know, and he's like, well, this is going to go down. 
You know what I'm saying? What do I do? Yeah. And we don't yeah. even know. We don't even know what they said to him. Mm-hmm. For him to just decide, he could have been running and he could have said, "Okay, they they're up ahead and they're waiting for me. This is what I'll do. I'll run around the I'll run around the truck. I'll attack the guy with the gun. You know what I'm saying? Like he's in here thinking, like I might die today. They are wa- they are waiting right there with weapons and there's somebody following me. What do I do? Like there's no way to look at this situation." And, and number one, know all the details, but number two, like, it shouldn't have to be at a place where we're trying to pluck people's lives apart and, and trying to figure out what he did right and what he did wrong and what he should have did. A man got shot in the street like a dog. Show yep. some class. Show some class. And I'm going I'm, I'm to I'm say something that may get people, you know, upset, but Ahmaud Arbery does not have to be a saint to not die in the street. Yo, come yo. Come on. Because what what's happening is a, is for a lot of people, they want to sit back and, and only want to 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 justify like, oh yeah yeah yeah, you know, because what's going to end up happening? Cause I'm gonna be completely honest with you, not every person that gets shot in the street is Martin Luther King Jr., but yeah. yet not everybody that is get, that gets shot in the not not no 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 nobody. Let me just just say nobody needs to get shot in the street for anything. Okay, you, th- there's right. no police officer no um uh, no uh citizen needs to be killing an unarmed man for stealing for being a uh for you know uh for for going into people's houses for for going on a construction site for for selling drugs like none of these things i don't care how you sh- you know how you whatever you say nobody deserves to get shot in the street okay now I'm just gonna say that right now because what happens is gonna is what's gonna happen is this: What if Ahmad Arbery is not a saint? Does that mean? Right. Does that mean that he deserved to die in the street? No. By the way, by the way, I'm not sure if I should say this on your podcast. I'm going to. Go ahead. I, I, Go ahead. I currently I have my concealed weapons permit, right? Yeah. I have my concealed weapons permit. I do. But when I took that class, you know what they told me? They said if what? someone is robbing your if someone is robbing your house, right? If someone is robbing your house and you come around that corner and they see you and they drop that stuff and they start running away, you are no longer legally allowed to shoot them. Wow. If they are on their way and anybody who has a concealed weapons permit knows this to be true. If they are, if they have, if they have stopped the threat and they have left. Now, if they come and at you, it's a different story. But if they are leaving the house, you are no longer allowed to shoot him. If someone has stolen your car. And he is not trying to run you over with it, but he's trying to drive away. You are legally not allowed to shoot him. If he is down the street with your television, you are legally not allowed to shoot him. So from that, from that, from, from just a legal standpoint, as someone who has taken a concealed carry permit, I've had my concealed carry for years now, right? As someone who has those things, the, the line by which you are legally allowed to shoot someone is very, very, very slim. It's very slim. It's gotta be literally life or death situation. You know what I'm saying? So for yeah. them to for them to literally run down now if they're trying to make a citizen's arrest with no gun. That's not okay, but it's not as lethal. You know what I'm saying? To yeah. where I've seen it before, where someone has done something and you know, and someone goes over like I, you know, I grew up in the hood, so like I've seen it where some, a fight's breaking out and some guy's like beating his wife or something, and somebody comes and grabs him. You know what I'm saying? And kicks him to the ground. And they hold him there until the police come. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. But you don't pull up on somebody with a shotgun, you know what I'm saying, with a 22 and a revolver, and you start going, you know what I'm saying, stop or we shoot you. Like, you have no grounds legally under anything to do that. Yeah. You have no – and by the way, just, being able, just having – you know, if my, if my concealed weapon 
prints in my shirt, I could get in trouble for that? Oh wow! Do you know that if Do you know that if I if I threaten somebody with my gun, I can get in trouble for that? It has to literally mm. be out. If you pull it out, it has to be used because it's it's lethal force. You are saying that whatever's going on in my life right now, this whatever's happening in this moment requires lethal force, and I'm going to have to shoot someone in order for my life to be saved. Yep. Now somebody watched that video, right? Somebody watched that video for me and watched them tailing him and waiting in the other part of the little posse, waiting for him at the other end of the street, and tell me if that was legal. Because from, from a concealed, and, I, I don't, and I, from what I understand, Georgia is not an open carry state. From what I understand, I it is not an open carry state. You is have it? To, you I, have I, to for have some reason, I thought they were open carry. Are they open carry in, in uh, Georgia? I got, I got, yeah, let's look that up real on. fast. I got my laptop right here. Georgia. That changes carry. everything. State, let me see. Oh yeah, they said you. They said open carry is legal in Georgia if you have a CCW license. Right. I don't know what it that is. It's also worthy a concealed carry weapon. Yeah. So if you have a concealed carry weapon, it is okay. So okay, then I stand corrected. But on the record, yeah. I stand corrected. You are allowed yeah. to do that. You know, you're allowed yeah. to have one. But it's like yeah. it's, it's at the point, you know. But it's it's what they're doing with it. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, yeah. You're if you don't stop, I'm gonna shoot you. Where does that? And this and that is not even stand your ground. That's not a stand your ground law. You know what I'm saying? What, what they're doing is not stand your ground. Like this is not like oh, what Aubrey was doing was a stand your was a stand your stand your ground. Where he's like, I'm mm-hmm. in a position where they're they're threatening my life. What do I do? You yeah. know what I'm saying? And and, and that's what people got to realize. So like and like I love what you said. Just to bring it full circle, like you don't have to be a saint in order to to not get shot in the street. In order to not. Right. You don't, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not going to sit here and say that Ahmed Aubrey was the greatest person in the world. I don't know him. Everybody, everybody at every single body, person's funeral is going to paint the best picture of them as possible. Oh, what yeah, I'm saying sure. is, and I think of what you're saying is that that is irrelevant. That is irrelevant. If he, if you, if someone says, hey, I saw somebody break into our house, you call the cops. Let yep. them handle it. You know what I'm saying? But for you to wait at the at the end of the street for him drive past, wait for him at the end of the street for him to run by you to create an altercation, like you can't do that. You know what I'm saying? You can't do that. So when we look at this, you know, you gotta say like, what? You know, when when we when we sit back like we're doing right now, we're analyzing all of the information here. Like we gotta make sure that we understand like, no matter which way we flip it, this is an absolute tragedy. Like that should not have gone down like that. Exactly. That should not have gone down like that. Not that way. And it doesn't matter how bad of a person he was. I don't care if he was black, white, or blue. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. it doesn't matter what his color is, that nobody should be. It just so happens that there's a trend of stuff like this happening. You know what I'm saying? With, with, with black people. And it's like, yeah. and, and that's causing uproar. And what's making it worse is that nobody's coming to stand by us that's not black. Nobody's coming oh, to stand by and say, yo, man. I feel Talk about I feel it. you. Like I feel you, like and and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this real quick because I know you going and you going in right now, but I'm gonna say this real quick. Martin Luther King Jr. would not have been able to do what he did without the white allies that came beside him. There was a lot of allies that were not black as well that decided that they were gonna take a stand with him. So I want you to understand that. Listen, guys, I want you to understand this. We all need each other. Like it wasn't yeah. just. Martin Luther King doing his thing and the black church doing their thing. It was so many people saying, what's going on over here isn't right. 
And you don't the, like, and I'm gonna say this, and y'all, and so many people sit back and say, "Oh, Jesus loves little children." We say all these little songs that we love to sing, but when it mm. comes to practicality, when it comes to people standing up and actually putting their faith, letting their faith walk, I don't see it, bruh. I yeah. don't see it. So what I'm trying to say is, if you if you sit back and say like things like this is a black issue, then then I, I need to really check your heart because things like this isn't a black issue. Things like this is, is, is not just even an American issue. It's a human issue, right? And yeah. what I need and what I really want people to understand is where is your heart, y'all? Because what gets me, what blows my mind is uh, so many people sit back and, and the only time they ever speak about social issues is when it comes to the issues like abortion, right? They sit back and say, man, yeah. th- this shouldn't happen, yada, 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 you know, and you talk about stuff. But listen, guys, there's other social issues. Like, don't just care about the people inside the womb, but also care about them when they get out. Yeah. Because some of these same people, some of these same people need need. Um, our, our love, need our faith, need us to stand up for them. So, yes, stand up for those. If you, you, you sit back and you're like, man, this is my thing. Well, stand up for those in the womb. We'll stand up for them when they get out as well. We, got, we can't just be people who the only time we speak about social issues is just about abortion. There's so many other things to be talked about. There's so many different things that we can really um, to, to, to deal with and go with. But, man, I just wanted to kind of jump in there and say that little thing. We all need each other, man. Please, guys, remember that. Right, and I think I think it's I think I think we do something that's different. Like, even though I'm a um, I'm a black man, I'm a I'm proud to be a black man. I love my dark skin. I'm dark as mess, y'all. You might not know me, but I am black. Right, I'm dark. Right, <laughs> Stop, uh, no, I love my I love my, no, I'm, I'm acting up. I'm acting up. I love my skin. <laughs> um, yeah. But what you find out is that with a lot of this stuff, we start to make it a cultural battle versus yeah. like a, a human a human battle. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Especially yeah. when all that stuff was going on, people are like, oh, well, why should we have to take down our flag, because, you know, the, the, the rebel flag, because it makes people uncomfortable. Like, should you really have had to say that question out loud? Yeah. With, with, with giving America, you know what I'm saying? And, like, I don't, and this is what people start to do. They start feeling like, why should I have to change myself to accommodate people who are being, quote, unquote, sensitive? That happened all those years ago. Why are you still holding on to that? My family never owned slaves. Like, it's like, it's like it start. It, it immediately becomes like a cultural, a cultural issue, on both sides of the, on both sides of it. And I'm saying this like, Shelton, you and I have been friends for a long time. Long time. You and I, you and I go back, and I got white friends. My, I think about shout out to my man Paul Parsons. I'm not sure if he'll ever see that, but that is my boy, yo. That is my white boy. I love that guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and there have been times, and even like I'm gonna shout his brother Kenny out. You know, Kenny has been somebody who came come to me a completely different culture than I am, and he'll say like, X, I don't understand this. I don't, un- yeah. I don't understand this issue, but I, but I want to understand. I want to understand. Could you help me at least just see your perspective? And a lot of times it does not. It, a, lot, a lot of times it doesn't come down to a, to a position where someone's mind is changed. But it's like I at least understand where you're coming from, and I can consider that. So yeah, then, so yeah. then, so then when you so then when you get to a point where you disagree, you're gonna find somebody that's like, hey. You know, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I feel if I I think I probably feel the same way that you do, but here's what I understand from what from what they're saying, and this makes sense, and I can see why it would hurt them this way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is why a lot yeah. of times I said on Twitter, I said on Facebook. You know, that's why I kind of really ducked off Facebook for the most part, and just because like um, I really start you really start feeling like you're not you start feeling like you're not as loved as people say that you're loved. 
Oh because yeah. People, because people's true colors come out when racial issues come to come to the forefront. And it's like yes. I'm not I'm not asking you to I'm not asking you to agree with me. I'm asking you to understand me. Like yeah. you have to understand that every time every person's name on that list, every person's name on that list feels like me. It could have been me. Yeah. With, with all the coronavirus stuff that's going on, the police have been everywhere. And OB, I have my life. I have a whole plan in place. I have a whole plan in place. I know where I'm going to place my, place my phone to record. I know oh, where yeah. my license and regist- I know where my license and registration is going to be at. And right, so right when they pull me over, I already have it ready. I already know that when I get pulled over, I'm going to call someone, let them know where I'm at and what I'm doing. I'm going to, you know what I'm saying? I know how I'm going to how I'm going to conduct myself, how I'm going to keep my hands on the wheel, how I'm going to face forward, how I'm going to answer his questions direct and just, you know, do what he, do what he says unless it was something that makes me uncomfortable or I'll say, hey, you can, I have a whole plan in place. And they should, the people should see, like, how much of a problem that is. Yeah. Because you, you can pull up to the police officer and you can be like, hey, officer, is there a problem? Me, I'm like, I might die today. Like, this yeah. might be it for me. This might be it for me. Because I have friends who got followed home and police would be like, yo, do you live in this neighborhood? Show me yeah. your address. Yep. I was on my way home. I was on my way home from Pensacola Christian College, clothes in the back, two tassels in my mirror. I got pulled over, pulled out of the car, strip searched, searched my car, said, you're free to go and let me go and sent me back on my way. You know so you're trying like, to say your, your degree, didn't, your, your degree didn't, didn't help, right? Your degree didn't, didn't, degree, didn't make them think anything. Differently. My Christian pastor degree from a predominantly white institution did not matter. Wait, wait, so that didn't matter. save you? That didn't save you, bro? Like, that didn't... You know what I'm saying? And look, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I'm eloquent. I uh, uh, talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. I got gifts. I got, I'm, I got a 3.8 GPA right now in, Ooh. in a grad. In a graduate Ooh. program, like I'm eligible. Ooh. I got awards and all this other stuff, and guess what happens? None of that matters. If I get caught outside no. with a do rag, I'm in, I'm in danger. Yeah. If I get caught outside, if I get caught outside looking at like you know what I'm saying. I, and listen, people, you walking up, you know, you slip to the mall. I might, my wife might be like, yo, go to the grocery store and grab some milk. And so I got my pajama pants on, I got my Nike slides, my do rags, and a tank top, and I'm going to go grab some milk. And people will look at me in the store like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Look at look at this guy. And then people are going to be, you know, and I've heard it before because people are going to say, well, you shouldn't carry yourself like a thug. And it's like, oh, so just because I look like a certain way, just because my, just because my dress down isn't, you know, camo shorts and a camo hat and, you know what I'm saying, a shirt that says guns on it, you know what I'm saying, is different from your dress down that immediately makes me a suspect. Yeah. You know what on. I'm saying? Like, and that's how it is. And so I got to go outside, go <clears> to the <throat> store. I got to listen to me, OB. Like, I go to the store. I got to make sure that I got a shirt on so nobody can see my tattoos. I got to make sure that my do-rag is off or that I got a hat on so that nobody can. Because the, the moment that I look like I'm supposed to be, like, I look like, you know, that I could, you know, be perceived as a people would classify as a thug, then that, that automatically, number one, makes other people uncomfortable, and then it makes me uncomfortable, and now there's a problem. Bro, we can't you know even saying? wear our hair a certain way before people act act crazy, bro. Like, it's come hard. on, bro. Like, literally, right? I'm 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 gonna be, man. I don't, I don't want to jump on this too much about black about, about blackness, but but think about this for a second, man. If if you had on, if let's say you had a longer hair, let's just say say you had longer hair. Do you think you would be a pastor right now somewhere if your hair was nope. longer? 
Because just the way you look with with somebody, oh man, that that can't be your pastor. Pastors can't look like that because nope. we have this perception of like of 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 our just our hair is so like policed. Our hair is so like um judged that there's certain like literally like um the way we cut our hair like our, our like which which is so ridiculous. But the way we cut our hair, we have to cut it like that just because of kind of like oh. You know, if you're going to be in some kind of spiritual authority, that just what makes more people feel more comfortable if you do like that. But but what I hated about that was my white brothers and sisters, my white brothers, right? My white my, my, my white brothers can have so many different hairstyles and still be accepted by the masses spiritually when they're teaching and different things. But for us, it just feels like we don't have that much to to do. We, there's not there's not many hairstyles we can do to be accepted by the masses, you know, especially in not just preaching but education wise and some of the other stuff. People have put all this limitations on us just because of our hair, bro, just because of us, you know, using just, just by being ourselves and that, that just really and bugs me why, and bothers me, man. And that's how people got that's how people have to realize that feelings of oppression aren't always visible. Yeah. You know yeah. Feelings of oppression aren't always visible. Like, when I'm, a, I'm being transparent, right? I'm working on my second postgraduate degree right now. I'm a published author. I pastor a church. Like, and this is, listen to me, I, all those, you know, quote, unquote, good things about me, like, I still will enter a room where I am the only black guy, and it, and it, and it makes me nervous. It yeah. makes me nervous. I don't, I don't yep. feel welcome. I don't, my wife and I, look, we do that. We'll get to a place and we'll be like, wow, we're the only black people here. Oh well, yep. you know, like that's there's only there's only white guys on the card, or on this conference sheet, or on this other stuff. And again, yeah. it's not about it's not about color. That's not what I'm saying. It's what I am saying is that's why empathy is so important. Like you got you can't listen to this podcast preach, today. Whenever whenever whenever, Sh- whenever Shelton drops this, you can't you can't walk away from this and say okay. Your first inclination will be like okay, I gotta see. I I can see why this would make him uncomfortable. I can yeah. see why this can – he's got to feel uncomfortable. And I'm not saying cater to me. I'm a grown-behind man. I'll be 29 in a couple of weeks. Like, I'm not, I'm not asking anybody to baby me. I'm just asking that when, I, when, I, when you start feeling pe- people are on the defense, and when, when, Aubrey, when Audrey was, 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 was running, he had to think like, yo, I saw this on the news so many times, and I am right here in the thick of this. Bro, just understand us, bro. That's it, bro. Right. Just, or, 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 or even just maybe you don't understand, but fight to understand. Um, try yeah. to get to the point where you can because I don't like it when in the, when our feelings, when the black community, our feelings are not being validated. Because what happens yeah. so many times is black people share their feelings. There, there comes some, some, somebody that's going to try to try to sit back and, and act as if your feelings don't matter. They try to invalidate those feelings some kind of way. And, and, and you can't do that with any type of relationship. Like I, I think right. I was talking to my brother-in-law the other day is like, let's say you, oh, let's just talk about it. You're married, right? Let's say your, your wife comes to you and she says, hey, you know, I have, I have felt this way. Um, let me, um, I mean, I don't want to use, that's too close of an example because just in case they actually listen to this podcast, so I won't do that. But let's just say she comes to you and she goes, hey, I have a problem with, you know, I no, just say I feel as if you don't care about me, and I felt right. like that for a long time. If you go and, and, and if you your response is, what you mean I don't care about you? I've been doing X, Y, and Z for you. I just got you this. I just got you that. 
what you're saying without saying is she does not have a right to feel that way. What you're yeah. saying without saying is I'm going like, to make sure that your feelings aren't validated. I'm going to make sure that you understand that, man, because you're living in the black and white. What you mean I don't care about you? I did X, Y, and Z. You should feel that I care about you because I've done that. But, and that's kind of, and what's crazy is we would dare not do that because we love our wives too much, right? We would dare not do that because we don't want to have to do, that's a whole other argument. That's, that's making the yeah. argument go a little bit longer. You, you don't want to have to yeah. deal with that. But at the same time, that's something going on with a lot of people is the black community tries to sh share something with us, sh trying to share, the black community tries to share, we try to share our feelings, our emotions out there. And all of a sudden there are people that's trying to try to sit back and say, you shouldn't feel like that. You shouldn't worry about that, da, 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 because they don't want you to, they don't want to validate how you feel. That's why when you sit back and say, man, black lives matter, there's a response for that. What you mean? All lives matter. You sit back and have a response for any, you sit back and share your, how you feel. There's always a response, but not to validate how you feel, but to let you, to, to just basically to tell you, man, I don't care about how you feel, or you shouldn't feel that way, you know, and right. that's kind of, um, the issue that I'm seeing that that I'm I'm seeing a lot of that I think that if we can get to the point of what you, like like you mentioned having that empathy and having that man I'm going to either understand you or fight to understand. So guys. Maybe you're listening to this particular podcast episode and there are some views and opinions on here that you want to talk about. Maybe you want to sit back and talk with me or Xavier about certain points that we made on the particular podcast episode. Well, there's great ways to, to get our attention to speak with us about this. Um, you can always join our Facebook group page. Um, we have a Facebook group um, that, is, you know, go ahead and search for the Weird Past Skip podcast. Go ahead and, and send an invite. I mean, uh, not invite, but go ahead and try to join there. I'll go ahead and accept you and go ahead. And, and we try to use that particular group as a discussion board. You can go ahead and put a discussion out there um, and just share your opinions about different things, man. We love you guys and we really want to hear from you. But also, if you don't want to do that or you want or you want to really have um, a, a more personal um, interaction, you can go ahead and download the Anchor app. Go ahead and search for the Weird Pastor Kid podcast. You can actually send me a voice note. Go ahead and send me a little voice memo and let me know. Share your thoughts that way. Um, it may end up on a, on a future podcast episode as well. Um, but I definitely want you to uh, to know that. I mean, I'm really excited about this particular platform and for me sharing my views and opinions. Well, now I'm going to jump you back into the discussion and hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. I'm, I'm going to say this. Uh, I have a, a Twitter uh post here and I and I really want to commend it's gonna sound a little crazy that I'm gonna do I'm gonna commend some of my white brothers and sisters. I know early in this podcast we had mentioned that there wasn't many white brothers and sisters in Christ that had posted about this Ahmad uh, Aubrey situation. I wanna kinda of talk talk about the ones that I saw that did do that did stand up. And uh someone on Twitter they mentioned this. They said I'm no longer gonna tolerate my quote unquote white friends not posting Stuff I'm, I'm, I'm clarifying because some of the stuff ain't all clean. Not posting stuff about police brutality and racism in this country. Look on social media. White people are TikToking while black people are crying, mourning, and terrorized. Right? This person was Yamanika Sanders, and I think her, her, her um, 
Twitter is just at Yamanika who who posts this. She's like, I'm not no longer going to tolerate this. And I really want to talk about now on I have uh because he was mentioning I have 2,073 friends. So not so whatever. So I went and I just went and I just uh went on Facebook and I put Ahmad Aubrey saw a post from my friends. Okay, and there's several of my white friends that posted about it. um um Nathan. I don't know if you ever going to listen to this, but Nathan uh Howard here posted. Do yourself a favor and Google Ahmad Aubrey. Read what happened. This is ridiculous. What level of incompetence does it take to not see justice found? One of my other white friends, Charles Presnell, he said both men were taken into custody and faced charges of aggravated assault and murder. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation announced. I got another one. One of my white brothers said, um, heartbroken over uh, Doug Carringer, Carringer, heartbroken over Ahmad Aubrey's death, praying for his family and that justice will be served. Update, they were arrested. Hopefully justice will be served. I have um, our friend who is half white, half Japanese, Joy um, Dehan, I think maybe her last name. I might have got that wrong. But she said this is what murder looks like. She shared that, made sure to, to emphasize that. Our friend Christopher um, St. Clair, he said, Chris St. Clair, he said, this is absolutely awful. Racism is very much alive in America, and it is shameful. I believe Christians should speak up about this type of stuff. This is murder. Racism is sin, you know, and then um, sin is the problem, Jesus is the answer. We're going to have to talk about that that kind of, that little phrase. But he said praying for justice. So, um, and then uh, I got uh, other people that are on my Facebook here. Uh, Liz, Liz, uh, Lindsay Trudeau Hart is grieving for the family of Ahmad Arbery, 25 years old, jogging down a street here. Um, Hannah Vera says Hart is grieving for the family of Ahmad Arbery. Uh, Kyle Bryant. He said, man, I've been so, you know, my heart's been so heavy since I learned about Ahmaud Arbery, and I haven't really known what to say. The only thoughts that make sense in my head is what Jesus sees us all the same, and, um, and uh, wicked, vile racism has no place on this earth. Um, Jeremiah Johnson, one of my other Facebook friends, says, you know, he says, um, this is showing the, uh, the February shooting. He's basically saying, I mean, this is another, you know, terrible thing that's happening. So um, um, Megan Vincent said both men were taken into custody, faced charges of aggravated assault. You know, we have uh, many of my, um, I'm looking down here, my white brothers and sisters who um, make made a mention to just to say, man, this is wrong. And I want to, to sit back and say, you know, I am, um, I'm proud of them. And um, some of them ran that are on my Facebook news feed, and I want to make sure that I that I that I that I say this. Um, there was a time in 2015 and two, in 2016 that no one, and when I say no one, um, I'm 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 honestly saying none of my white friends um, understood what was going on. Um, none of my white friends. Um, uh, got it or understood it, but I am going to say this. Um, the Facebook post that I think so many black people have, have said, Twitter, and I think as the years go on, um, seeing posts like this from a lot of my white brothers and sisters in Christ, all it does is encourage me. Um, someone else that, I, that we know we knew from uh, PCC, she was on Twitter, uh, Samantha Slater, she says, she says this, um, someone that I knew from PCC, this is what she says, she goes, my white privilege allows me to walk without worrying if I may be accused of something, arrested or killed because of the color of my skin. This goes beyond walking for one day. There is a systemic problem, and white people need to use their privilege to fix it. Hashtag run with mod. Right. There are people out there, and I don't want to, and as I'm saying this, I want to say I believe that 
a lot of my friends, a lot of my Facebook friends, a lot of them, they have, they have grown. And it may not have been overnight, but I believe that from 2015, 2016 till now, um, many of my friends in my immediate circle who at one time may have been the one who have posted on my, on my social media, not understanding or commenting or saying, man, Shelton, this doesn't make sense to me. I definitely want to, um, to let you know that there have been many that have stood up. There have been many. And, and I think that sometimes we can be like uh, uh, Elijah sometimes where Elijah was like, man, God, ain't, I'm the only one serving you, Jesus. I'm the only one trying to do what's right. I'm the only Christian that's out here. Um, but I'm so grateful for the other Christians that have um, allowed themselves, especially my, my white brothers and sisters, who have um, spoken up about it, who were not silent. Yeah. And I just want to sit back and say I commend you guys. And um, I know that you guys will get backlash for standing up for something like this. Um, but what I will say is I – um, I very much appreciate what you guys are doing because I know it's harder for you guys. It was harder for you to get to that point. Um, and I do want to uh, commend you guys for that. Um, I know that sounds so crazy to say, you know, why are we commending people for doing what was already, you know, for doing what's right. But I have to commend because you can't with one mouth be upset with people that for not saying anything, but another, but with the same mouth, you know, not commend the people. I feel like, that are doing the correct thing, that are in my immediate circle, um, uh, that are that are around me. Because I know in in five years ago, th if this situation would have happened five years ago, many of these same people, you know, they weren't there yet. And I think sometimes we've got to allow people to grow. Um, and some of it, some of them, especially when it comes to these racial things, it's going to take some time uh, for some people to kind of get it. And I want to, like we said, see all sides, feel a little empathy on there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, what do, how do you feel about hearing from some of these people that we and you both know who went to um, a predominantly white Christian school who have decided to um, voice their opinion about this kind of stuff? How, do, how did that make you feel um, reading those things that I just read off? Right. And that, um, that was one of those things where, like, you know, to backpedal just a little bit, like kind of like you did and just kind of voice that, you know, I am thankful because I did see a lot of those posts also. And there are some of those people that, that I know are very influential people and I have a, have a big following or, you know, I have a big friendship circle. And so for them to say something like that would be a big risk for them. And they would take a lot of heat, uh, a, a lot of heat for it. But I, I, I appreciate, like you said, and I have, I have white, you know, white friends as well that have done, and a lot of those are mutual, that you named were mutual friends of ours. Yes, so, exactly. Like, that's why I said uh, both of them, because I know we, we both knew them. <laughs> yeah. And yet, right. And so, like, that stuff is like, you know, that, that's, that's positive. You know what I'm saying? And I'm so thankful. And I, and I just wish, and that goes back to what you were saying, like, standing for each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if somebody gets on here and says, man, this happened, and I'm so heartbroken, uh, I'm so heartbroken by it, and they were wrongfully done, you don't go and say, well, point my finger in your face. Let me tell you why they were wrong. You put your arm around them and say, hey, let me grieve with you real quick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This this hurts, and that's what they're doing. And they're like, they may they may not agree, but they're like, this is this happened, and this is not a good thing. And the way that Christians are responding is not a good thing. I'm gonna stand here, and I'm gonna put my arm around my friends that are hurting over the situation, and not try to give them a million and one reasons why they are wrong for feeling the way that they're feeling. And that's yeah. how it should be. That's how it should be universally. 
You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That's how it should be. That's how it should be uh, universally because there's nobody that can ever comb my feed on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. I give you all my handles. You can go look for yourself, but you'll never see me stand up for something that was wrong just for me or just for people yeah. who were just like me. But when, Talk but about when, it. Christ, when Christ told the disciples to go out and to compel them into him, his house, he did not give societal or, or religious or racial or societal, you know what I'm saying, stipulations. When he said love your neighbor, he did not say love only your black neighbor, love only your white neighbor. Like, we, we got to love, you know, when you talk about love, like that agape, unchanging, unmutable, unwavering love of God, like that is something that is supposed to be predisposed to everybody. Yeah. And when we go back, and that's what I start thinking, like we got to be careful about putting, when you become a child of God, you become a citizen of, of heaven, not a citizen yeah. of God. Not a citizen yeah. of Orlando, not a citizen of Chicago, not a citizen of California. I become a citizen of heaven, and therefore I have a responsibility and an obligation to walk in the light as he is in the light, to be holy as he is holy, to be a representative of God in the way that I conduct my life. And I'm going to stand, and I put it on Facebook the other day. I'm just kind of like, I said, listen to me. I fight for, I'm, I'm a, I pastor a church in the hood, and so I'm going to stand for it. But guess what? The hood is not just black people. Two. I got white people in my church. I got Spanish if you don't in my say church. that again, man. People. I got Asians in my church. You know what I'm saying? The hood is the hood. When we when I sit out on the corner, uh, you know, when I sit out on the corner with, with a handful of my church people, and we were out there handing out bags of groceries for people, where it was not just black people that came through there. There was little old white men, little old white ladies that came through there, and we told them that we loved them, that we were praying for them, and we prayed with them and gave them food, and there were Asians, and there were Spanish people. They got to stop with the narrative, like, oh, this is just that. Like, the injustices, there are so many, like, veins to this, Obi. There are so many, and that's what makes it so dangerous, is that there are so many issues with all of that, what's going on? With all that's what's going on, I mean, you just, if we just zero in on, on Ahmad for a second, like for him, it's not even just the fact that he was a black man gunned down by white people. It was the fact that the police department did not see a reason to arrest those men. There's a reason, there's, there's, there's you know, so there's that, that front line of the justice system that failed. Then it goes up higher where they're like, hey, we should have said something. We should look into this, but no, we're not going to. Then the video comes out. So then they step in, and now it's going to go to a grand jury. Like the justice system shows over and over and over why it is so faulty and why it's failing its people. You know what I'm saying? Like there are so many strands to this. And so when you look at it, and I feel bad because on Facebook, there are some police officer friends that I had that blocked me. And I'm like, listen yeah. to me. I didn't mean to be, I'm not here to be insensitive. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, you have a you. When you talk about influence, you being a white male cop, right? A white middle-class male cop, you have some of the biggest influence right now to be in a part of that justice system and stand for change. And like, hey, I'm not going to be a part of a system that's going to treat people this way. I'm going to be the change. I'm going to work it from the inside out. And instead, people want to get angry. Let me read something to you real quick. Yeah, go ahead, bro. This is, um, this is from my Developing Multicultural Counseling Competence book by Danica Hayes and Bradley T. Airford. And okay. um, this covers uh, multicultural issues from every single culture you can, make, you can think of. It's in here, right, every mm. single one. But Chapter 4 is about racism and white privilege, right? Mm. Chapter 4 is about – and they made some statements in here. When I did it, you know, you know we had uh, Turtle with the Pen. He's been on here a couple times. You know what I'm saying? And when I saw this, right, and this is a book that was not written by black people. You hear me? Mm. Right? And there yeah. were things that I wrote down in here, and they said this, right? I'm going to read this little excerpt. 
It says, uh, white psychological responses to racism and white privilege are linked to how they orient themselves with people of color. People can include, number one, minimizing the notion that racism and white privilege exist in general or for particular individuals. Number two, locating instances in which people of color are to blame for and white peoples are deserving of experiences they respectively have. Number three, drawing attention to specific instances of racism and white privilege in general society or their personal experiences. Understanding and why and how whites respond to these constructs is further complicated by the notion that the same white person engages differently with people of color depending on the setting, time, and circumstance. Like, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a lot, that's a lot of stuff. And basically, that, that, that really covers a lot of what we're saying. If people, in a, in a nutshell, we want to get defensive when something is put on our doorstep instead of saying, let me go ahead and walk into this real quick. I'm going to stand. So when you talked about Chris St. Clair and Charles, you talked about Nathan, right, and all these different people who stood up and, and, and said, hey, let me into the fire right now, into the line of fire, and say, I don't care what their color is. You know what I'm yeah. saying? This is wrong, right? And by the way, stop saying, I don't see color. Stop saying that. Come on. You're not I'm not supposed to say, oh, you're, I, it doesn't matter that you're white. No, I love you. I, be, I want, I'm letting you know that I love you in all of who you are, white and everything. Black yep. and everything. He's supposed to love me with who I am. You know what I'm saying? That's how that's supposed to work. Stop saying, oh, I don't see this or I see that. It's, it's like, hey, I see that and I see our differences, but I'm going to love you anyway. Like, that's the proper way. Like, there's, in all of these cases, like you mentioned it all before, and it comes full circle. The one thing that we miss is that there is no empathy. There yeah. is no real love. And so people and, are – And what, you, you what know, you're saying is so good right now because I feel as if some people only love 60 or 70% of us. They don't love the black side of us. And I was, I was messing – I was talking to Joy, and she didn't understand this. I said there was a time in 2015, 2016, people was like, oh, yeah, Shelton, black. Like, it's, like they, 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 it's like they forgot, you and, know? And, and real it, quick, real quick, we gotta come, I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish, right? Woo. But we got we to gotta come back and do a podcast about growing up in predominantly white Oh, brother. brother. We got to come back and do that, sir. We got to grab me on here. We got to grab you on here. We got to grab Deshaun on here. We gotta, we gotta grab, we gotta, we gotta muster up a conference call and talk, uh, yo, a Zoom call and invite people to sit in, like you know what I'm oh, talking about. Like brother. we gotta, yes. we gotta be like, yo, let me, let me expose some things because like what you were saying right now is so, so, so true. But I'm not gonna go off on a tangent. I'm gonna let you finish. Go ahead. No, but you, like they only like, and I think not they. I should say they, but a lot of people only love a part of us, bro. Like they love the part of us that 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 talks about the word of God. They love the part of us that 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 talks about you know helping out the inner city. But they do not love the part of us where we sit back and say, "I've experienced racism," or "Or black people have experienced racism." And I'm going to stand up for that. They don't love that side of us. And there's a there's something about me which when I I want to tell people is that man, if you're going to love me, I'm so. And this is what I I was telling um uh some teenagers the other day. Um, I was telling them, say, listen, I would rather people hate me for who I am than love me for who I am not. And yeah. I am so tired of people only loving a part of me. Because if you only love a part of somebody, you don't really love them. And I think yeah. that that's something that we really got to, um, one, I got to stop being so scared to to share who I truly am with, you know, with yeah. the world. Because if some people, you know, because for me, um, I'm not for everybody, and I gotta start yeah. being okay with the people that are not for me, that are not for me. And I, and I was telling my wife the other day is like, there are some people that are 
that are um, that may sit back and say they love black individuals, but they don't like black people. Okay, they may sit back and say, "Man, I love this person or that person, or I love that." They may say that, but they don't like black people because when black issues come around, they ain't got nothing to do with it. They sit back and say, "Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know Ahmaud Arbery, so I don't care." And you know, and so a lot of people they just only they may love certain black individuals, but they don't care about black people. And that's something that I've always um, I've thought about. But man, if you guys are listening, man, I I I I love you, but you might not yeah. love all of me, man, because we're we're talking yeah. about issues that this might be the side of Shelton you don't like. Yeah, just, it is what it is. And that's and that's exactly right. And that's exactly right. And I'll tell you what, and this is the thing that we we're talking about in the same chapter. People love the part of you that makes them feel the most comfortable. Yeah. And so. So, so because I speak eloquently, I talk white. It's an yeah. that they can that they can they, they can attribute to themselves. And he's educated. Well, I'm also educated. So you know what I'm saying? It's the stuff that makes them uncomfortable. But when you walk in, you're like, yo, this is this bugs me. This is the side of this is like you said, the side of me that I'm that you may not like because it, it now creates discord with the person that you are. Now comes the tension. Yeah. Because nobody wants nobody wants the finger. Uh, pointed at us, and people don't listen to me. There's been stuff that's been sent to me in the church, you know. Oh, brother, brother. You know, this stuff been, you know, smile, Xavier. We can't see you. Heard stuff like that. Oh, I yeah. heard, you know, Xavier. Someone told them. Someone said to me since I've been out of college, bro. Xavier doesn't even know he's black. Ah, uh, brother. And I said, see, and, I, and, and see, and listen, listen to me. 2010, Xavier would have rolled with it. Right? Yeah. But yeah. now y'all know I'm a lot more vocal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is the Xavier who was, this is post-sunken place Xavier. You feel me? This is, this is fully confident and, 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 and proud of who I am in my skin. Xavier. This is not the kind of person you want to throw those kind of comments to. You know what I'm saying? And I fired back. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm like I, know exact, I know exactly that I'm black. I'm black and I'm educated. I'm black and I'm well-versed. I'm black and I'm accomplished. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly who I am. I was like, I'm going to continue to wear my do-rag and wear my, my cap backwards, and I'm still going to continue, you know what I'm saying, to operate the way that I'm going to operate because, you, you know, you don't get to attribute your attributes to me to make you feel comfortable. I, I don't care to do it. Yeah. I don't care to yeah. do it, and I don't, ca- I don't care to be in the spaces where I have to be that way. You either love me in my blackness or don't. Preach. You know what I'm saying? Kind of thing. You know, you know and, that, and that's just it. And I feel bad because I know other believers – and um, and other black people who are pre, you know, I hate to say it, but they're pre sunken place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're pre freedom. Yeah. And they're right now. Yeah. I look at them. I'm like, wow. Like me and Deshaun, we talk about like, yo, that was us. Yeah, like, but sitting here and letting people hear the jokes and making fun of themselves and you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying and all and all that other stuff. And I'm just kind of like, look, that that was exactly where we where we were at. You know, but when Bruh. I got up and I said, hey, remember when I wrote I wrote that post that was like, I'm not the same kind of person that. You know, let me see what I wrote here. I found, I found it. Did you see it? Because I was like, I was like, oh, I was spicy. Oh, no. 2016. Do you see that? Hold on. I don't think I've it. seen let me it. Find it real quick. Yeah. Let me find it real quick. I didn't say too, 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 too much. And you know, it didn't get that much traffic, but I didn't care. Um, <laughs> it didn't get too much traffic, but I didn't care. Um, all right. So I said, hey, I was spicy in 2016. And this was the, this is what the original post said. Um, the original post said, the problem is that y'all haven't learned yet that I'm not the same Xavier that I was, a te- I was as a teenager or in college. I'm trying to be passive on purpose. Don't push me. Everyone mm. loves to post scripture and say encouraging words, 
the same people throw stones at you when you walk for walking the life you've been given. Moms are out here scared for their lives and for their sons, and y'all want to talk about the media? We're living what you're watching. It's not about television. It's deeper than that. I've been strip searched for no reason with two tassels in my rearview mirror. My boy got followed home, pulled over, and questioned on his way home twice, and that's just two of the many stories that I have. Some of y'all rushed a comment without understanding. That's dangerous territory. Careful playing with hornets. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, like, you know what boy, I'm saying? you so like, spicy. Right, boy. I, was, I mean, all the, all the spice. And it wasn't to be decisive, but it, yeah. but it's like I'm just tired of having to sit back and, like, defend myself, you know what I'm saying, for how I'm feeling. I'm not going to do it. And, I, and, I'm, and honestly, I feel bad because I'm in the same space that you are where you're like, I don't, want, I don't care to explain anymore. Yeah. Somebody was on Twitter was like, and, uh, and to be honest, you know, Turtle with the Pale was the first person that said this to me. He was like, it's not my responsibility to educate you on things that you should already know. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and, and that's, tough. that's a tough battle. That's what I'm saying. Segregation is what lies at, is what lies at the door. Because I'm already hearing people say, well, forget that. We're just going to go do our own thing. And we're right back to square one. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And it's like, it's just, it's just wild, bro. Bro, it's so, it's so, it's so crazy, and, like, there's so much, um, because, okay, and I know that there's going to be people who are going to listen to this, and I want you guys to understand, like, I think I'm going to, I think we're going to have to have a part two. I think this right here is the part where, because I think um, there's so many times with Christians, we like to, to, to put everything in a nice little bow. Like, man, yeah. you know, that's why, like, our Christian movies and our Christian, everything has to have a nice little bow uh, attached to it. But, you know, sometimes you go through the Psalms, um, the whole Psalm is just David venting or David sharing his heart, sharing his pain, right? And there isn't a nice little bow at the end of that passage. And there's not a lot of passages like that. Sometimes it's five or six verses where he's just saying, man, I mean, God, I, I, like, I need you. Like, man, what's going on? Like, man, I'm, you, know, you know, all this stuff that, he, that he's going through. And so maybe, you know, for this particular podcast, we'll have a part two. But I think for this podcast, I think I want to just probably label it weep with those that weep, mourn with those that mourn, that type of thing. And then yeah. we can go to um, more of a solution base or going toward that. I think so many of us we are we get we push toward a solution instead of going to um, and go, instead of going through those those emotions, those feelings. Like how how are you know you know what are people feeling right now? How am I feeling right now? Because there are times where I negate my own feelings because I'm trying to go straight to a solution. I'm trying to negate my own feelings because, man, maybe I shouldn't feel this way. or maybe, and, I'm, and I'm negating my own feelings. I need to get to the point of just, no, I want us to rest in what was just said on this podcast. Yeah. I want you to rest and say, man, here are two black men who are sharing how they are feeling at this moment. And now I and, want and, you to rest in that for a week until I come to part two with y'all. You know what I'm saying? And, rest in yeah. that. And I think you know how you know how sometimes you'll go before you'll go back to the beginning of the podcast and you'll preface some things before you go through that. Yeah. I think that you would. I think that this would be a good time uh, for you to do that. And uh, I mean, like you know, when this is over, and be like, you need to understand that this first part of this is going to be hard to hear. You know yes. what I'm saying? This first part is going to be you're going to hear a lot of hurt and complaints um, growing up, but we're going to come back with solutions. So don't just feel like, oh, they just were throwing stones at us the whole time. Yeah, because yeah, there, are, yeah. there are solutions and there are practical steps to take um, and moving forward. And I'm actually really excited to be able to do that part uh, because yes. there are things that, that we are doing. Like I said, um, I, I believe that I'm called to be a pastor and I'm, past, and I'm pastoring, and, but I'm pastoring people. 
I don't say all yes. people, this is going to be like a black church or a white church or, or whatever, you know, and, and all that stuff aside, like, what does it look like being a child of God moving forward? Like, how, it, how should a child of God handle this? Let's, you know, give me some insight. And so when you, yeah, I would say, I would give a, I would give a disclaimer. Like, if you're not ready, oh, yeah, for yo, sure. if you don't have thick skin, don't listen to this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it because this is going to hurt. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> we're, we're expressing it's hurt. these feelings. But I think we speak for black people everywhere on this is how we generally feel. Like, this is how it goes. Mm-hmm. And you got to, and in counseling, we are, we are, we are strongly, strongly, strongly um, admonished to make, to make sure that we don't start giving a, a, a solution before we hear the client out and feel where they feel first. Yeah. Because one of the worst things yeah. that you can do, one of the worst things that you can do is invalidate their feelings. Because yep. once you invalidate their feelings, they have written you off, and you will not help that person. Mm-mm. You will concrete where they're already at. You got to under, you got to feel and empathize first before you can move forward. So this is that weeping with those that weep. You know what I'm saying? And that's all I got. Facts. That's the. I mean, that, that's all. We, I think that's all we need right now. And I think, um, I think it's a good. Like I said, I think it's a good way to kind of pause, like pause this here. I promise you guys, there will be a part two. We're gonna be diving into. Um, I want to talk about, you know, really for everybody. Like, one, I want to talk to the, the black person who is listening to this podcast who you're hurting. You know, you're listening to this and you're still hurting because, you know, I have teenage, teenagers that, that were, like, li- literally confused. Like, why does this keep happening to us? Um, why does it feel like, you know, you know how do we minister to um to young people at this moment who not only are they dealing with a pandemic, but they also have to deal with another instance of feeling as if, man, because of the color of my skin, can I not jog somewhere? Can I not go somewhere? Can I, is there anything I can do? Because, man, I can't jog anywhere, but I can't really stay in my house because people are getting shot and killed in their home just, you know, doing nothing. So, um, so many different things I really want to kind of talk about and deal with and try to give help for those people. But also, not only encouragement to really deal with that emotion, like what does God say when things like that happen, but I also want to talk to us and say, man, what should we be doing now currently? What should we be doing? Because I know ministry looks so different now um, during COVID, but how do you minister to people to show, to show them that, man, you, that you, you love them, that you care for them, that you're going to be there for them. So how are we going to help people that are weeping, but how are we going to be how, – how, no, not only am I going to encourage people that are weeping, but also how can we help people, you know, right now that are weeping? What if you're not weeping right now, but you know of a brother or sister that, that are, that, you know, that, that's weeping right now? What should you do? And I want to make sure that I speak to every group of people next week to really show solutions, really show encouragement – because I really want um, this particular podcast series that we're going to be doing, talking about this, about this issue, to not be um, something to where you throw aside, to where people are invalidated. I don't want to invalidate anyone's feelings. I want to put everything to the forefront, and let's talk about it, and let's discuss it, all right? So um, so right now, guys, if you listen to this podcast, you're like, man, man, you know, these guys, man, man, Shelton, you're a pastor's kid. You're absolutely right. If you listen to the podcasting, like, man, those people are weird. You're absolutely right as well. This is the Weird Package Podcast. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening, man. Thanks. And.